Perspective. And welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines their response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I am your host, Bula, and I'll be doing a little bit of a dive into this book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. We'll get straight into it right after the first song. Do enjoy. purpose-driven life why does it matter it's really a phenomenal book it is something that i was actually gifted uh, several years ago and basically what it is is like a 40-day devotional it is so as a christian it is something that i find very valuable because what it goes into is the kind of life that we ought to live the kind of life we are living 
And even on the front of the, of the book, it goes on to ask a very important question, uh, stating, what on earth am I here for? And I feel like the vast majority of humanity has asked this question. And it's a constantly impending question that we have to constantly actually ask ourselves in every decision that we're making, the way that we're seeing the world, the way that we're acting, the things that we're doing, everything that we're, do we're existing as, why are we here on the earth and what is the purpose for it? So it is really a powerful book. And some of the, the notes on the back um, speaks on some points that Billy Graham and frankly Graham had actually mentioned. And it says that make sure you're not missing, missing the point of your life. Read this book. The purpose-driven life will guide you to greatness through living the great commandment and the great commission. And obviously as a Christian, as someone who believes in the Bible, uh, it is important that we're actually living in purpose, on purpose and accurately. Because the point of, of, of living a, a life of hoping for the best and, and just trying to fall into lucky places and trying to take every opportunity that comes at hand, trying to get higher and step on everyone in the process, all of those things are not really a blessing to your life if you're not being accurate, when you're not being in the place that you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's really where we're able to be most powerful is when we are actually purposed in the place that we're supposed to be at that time. And it speaks on how this book will help you understand why you are alive and God's amazing plan for you, both here and now and for eternity. Rick Warren will guide you through a personal 40-day spiritual journey that will transform your answer to life. Most important question. What am I on earth here for? Knowing God's purpose for creating you will reduce your stress, focus your energy, simplify your uh, decisions, give meaning to your life, and most important, prepare you for eternity. The purpose-driven life is a blueprint for Christian living in the 21st century, a lifestyle based on God's eternal purposes, not cultural values. And I find that that's a very important point to actually make there. Using over 1,200 scriptural quotes and references, it challenges the conventional definitions of worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. In the tradition of Oswald Chambers, Rick Warren offers distilled wisdom on the essence of what life is all about. This is a book of hope and challenge that you'll read and reread, and it will be a classic treasured by generations to come. It will set millions of people free to live the lives they were put on this planet to live. And that was written by Bruce Wilkinson, who was also the author of The Prayer of Jabez. Just a little bit on Rick Warren. Who was he um, and, and what exactly did he do? Rick Warren is the founding pastor of Saddleback Church in Lake Forest in California, one of America's largest and best known churches. His previous book, The Purpose Driven Church, has sold over a million copies in 20 languages. He's a winner of the gold medallion and it was selected as one of the 100 Christian books that changed the, 20, the 20th century, actually. So as a whole, really, really interesting. From the, the, basically the first page until the last page, I really appreciate the way that it breaks down every aspect of the human life. So like it says on the back, it goes through fellowship, it goes to purpose, it goes through all of your, your discipleship, ministry, evangelism, everything that basically defines a person's life. It breaks down the scripture behind our, the obedience that our lives meant to or meant to reflect actually and it shows you in practical ways how to apply it so i'm just going to read from day five actually and that's on page 41 and it says as follows in the top um in james 4 verses 14 it says what is your life and then a little quote by Ana nin it says that we do not see things as they are we see them as we are 
And just as it goes into the devotional, it speaks on the way that you see your life changes the shape, or rather the way that you see your life shapes your life. How you define life determines your destiny. Your perspective will influence how you invest your time, spend your money, use your talents and value your relationships. One of the best ways to understand other people is to ask them, how do you see your life? You'll discover that there are many different, as many different answers to that question as there are people. I've been told life is a circus, a minefield, a roller coaster, a puzzle, a symphony, a journal and a dance. People have said life is a carousel. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down and sometimes you just go round and round. Or life is a 10-speed bicycle with gears we never use. Or life is a game of cards. You have to play the hand you're dealt. That's one I often have heard. Then it goes into, if I asked you how you picture life, what image would come to your mind? The image is your, met- your life metaphor. The view of life that you hold, consciously or unconsciously, in your mind. It is your description of how life works and what you expect from it. People will often express life metaphors through clothes, jewelry, cars, hairstyles, bumper stickers and even tattoos. Your unspoken life metaphor influences your life more than you realize. It determines your expectations, your values, your relationships, your goals and your priorities. For example, if you think that life is a party, your primary value in life will be having fun. If you see life as a race, you will value speed and will probably in a hurry much of the time. If you view life as a marathon, you will value endurance. If you see life as a battle or a game, winning will be very important to you. What is the view of your life? You might be basing your life on a faulty life metaphor. To fulfill the purposes God made you for, you will have to challenge conventional wisdom and replace it with the biblical metaphors of life. The Bible says, Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God. The Bible offers three metaphors to teach us God's view of life. Life is a test, life is a trust, and life is a temporary assignment. These ideas are the foundation of purpose-driven living. We will look at the first two in this chapter and the third in the next one. Life on earth is a test. This life metaphor is seen in stories throughout the Bible. God continually tests people's character, faith, obedience, love, integrity, and loyalty. Words like trials, temptations, refining, and testing occur more than 200 times in the Bible. God tested Abraham by asking him to offer his son Isaac. God tested Jacob when he had uh, work to do uh, for extra years to earn Rachel as his wife. Adam and Eve failed their test in the Garden of Eden, and David failed his test from God on several occasions. But the Bible also gives us many examples of people who have passed a great test, such as Joseph, Ruth, Esther, and Daniel. Character is both developed and revealed by tests, and all of life is a test. You're always being tested. God constantly watches your response to people, problems, success, conflict, illness, disappointment, and even the weather. He watches the simplest of actions, such as if you open a door for others, when you pick up a piece of trash, or when you are polite towards a clerk or waitress. We do not know all the tests God will give you, but we can predict some of them based on the Bible. You'll be tested by major changes, delayed promises, impossible problems, unanswered prayers, undeserved criticism, and even senseless tragedies. In my own life, I have noticed that God tests my faith through my problems, tests my hope by how I handle possessions, and tests my love through people. A very important test is how you act when you can't feel God's presence in your life. Sometimes God intentionally draws back, 
and we don't sense his closeness. A king named Hezekiah experienced this test. The Bible says God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. Hezekiah had enjoyed a close fellowship with God, but at a crucial point in his life, God left him alone to test his character, to reveal his weakness and to prepare him for more responsibility. When you understand that life is a test, you realize that nothing is insignificant in your life. Even the smallest incident has significance for your character development. Every day is an important day, and every second is a growth opportunity to deepen your character, demonstrate love, or to depend on God. Some tests seem overwhelming, while others you don't even notice, but all of them have eternal implications. And just on a note on the side of the page, it says that character is both developed and revealed by tests, and all of life is a test. So I'm going to go straight into the second song now, and then we're going to get back to a couple of the pages in the book. What's interesting about in the beginning of the book, it tells you to highlight and make notes and to basically make the book your own, that even if you read it and reread it, you can look back at how maybe you have been challenged by certain passages and scriptures that have been added into it, as well as the kind of principles that you have applied and actually seen transformation in your life. So we're going to get straight into it right after the second song and wrap things up. Do enjoy. I look to the stars in the night sky And I realize, I realize No matter how dark you're still burning bright It's gonna be alright, it's gonna be alright There's something amazing about you I cannot explain but I know it's true I look to the stars and I realize your love is infinity A thousand times I fall But you'll always come back for me You are never letting go Cause your love is infinity The stars in the night sky And I realize, I realize No matter how dark you're still burning bright It's gonna be alright, it's gonna be alright There's something amazing about you I cannot explain but I know it's true I look to the stars and I realize
off i'm just going to read a little bit more from chapter five and it says that the good news is that god wants you to pass the tests of life so he never allows the test that you face to be greater than the grace he gives you to handle them the bible says god keeps his promise and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm at the time you're put to the test he will give you the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out every time you pass a test god notices and makes plans to reward you in eternity James says that blessed are those who endure when they're tested. When they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Life on earth is a trust. This is the second biblical metaphor of our life. Our time on earth and our energy, intelligence, opportunities, relationships and resources are all gifts from God that he has entrusted to our care and management. We are stewards of whatever God gives us. This concept of stewardship begins with the recognition that God is the owner of everything and everyone on earth. The Bible says that the world and all that is in it belong to the Lord, and the earth and all who live in it are His. We never really own anything during our brief stay on earth. God just loans the earth to us while we're here. It was God's property before you arrived, and God will loan it to someone else when you die. You just get to enjoy it for a while. When God created Adam and Eve, he entrusted the care of his creation to them and appointed them trustees of his property. The Bible says God blessed them and he said, Have many children so that your descendants will live all over the earth and bring it under their control. I am putting you in charge. The first job God gave humans was to manage and take care of God's stuff on earth. The role has never been rescinded. It is a part of our purpose today. Everything we enjoy is to be treated as a trust so that God had given us and put it in our hands. The Bible says, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why do you boast as though you have accomplished something on your own? Years ago, a couple let my wife and I use their beautiful beachfront home in Hawaii for a vacation. It was an experience we could never afford it, but we enjoyed it immensely. We were told, use it like it's yours. So we did. We swam in the pool, ate the food in the refrigerator, used the bar towels and dishes, and even jumped in the beds for fun. But we knew all along that it wasn't really ours, so we took special care of everything. We enjoyed the benefits of using the home without owning it. Our culture says that if you don't own it, you won't take care of it. But Christians live by a higher standard. Because God owns it, I must take the best care of it as that I can. The Bible says that those who are entrusted with something valuable must show that they are worthy of that trust. Jesus often referred to life as a trust and told many stories to illustrate this responsibility towards God. In the story of the talents, a businessman entrusts his wealth to the care of his servants while he's away. When he returns, he evaluates each servant's responsibility and rewards them accordingly. The owner says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
At the end of your life on earth, it will be evaluated and rewarded according to how well you handled what God entrusted to you. That means everything you do, even simple daily chores, has eternal implications. If you treat everything as a trust, God promises three rewards in heaven. First, you will be given God's affirmation. He will say, good job, well done. Next, you will receive a promotion and be given greater responsibility in eternity. I will put you in charge of many things. Then you will be honored with a celebration. Come and share your master's happiness. Most people fail to realize that money is both a test and a trust from God. God uses finances to teach us to trust him. And for many people, money is the greatest test of all. God watches how we use money to test how trustworthy we are. The Bible says that if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? This is a very important truth. God says there is a direct relationship between how I use my money and the quality of my spiritual life. How I manage my money, worldly wealth, determines how much God can trust me with spiritual blessings, true riches. Let me ask you, is the way you manage your money preventing God from doing more in your life? Can you be trusted with spiritual riches? God said, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Life is a test and a trust, and the more that God gives you, the more responsible He expects you to be. And right at the end here, it has a thinking about my purpose, like a reflection sort of thing. There's a question of a point to ponder. Life is a test and a trust. Then there's a verse to remember, and that's Luke 16 verses 10. Unless you're faithful in small matters, then you won't be faithful in large ones. And then the last one is a question to consider. What has happened to me recently that I now realize was a test from God? What are the greatest matters God has entrusted to me? So as a whole, uh, every single day is wrapped up really well. It asks you the questions. It makes you. It gives you an option to reflect on things. Uh, it also gives you testimony of story that we can relate to. And as a whole, it, it's something that really enriches you. It gives you the the opportunity to reflect and to really uh, take note of the purpose of your life. The small meager things that we put aside are really the things that make up our lives. And I believe it's C.S. Lewis that actually says that everyone holds the future and that's made up of 60 minutes in an hour and 60 seconds uh, and then it breaks it down um, further and further. And everyone has that opportunity to make those decisions that determine the outcome of their lives. So um, I thoroughly enjoy reading this book. I've done it several times and I, I still continue to, whenever I feel as though I've had a wobble or I've lost vision of the reason of my existence, it's something that I always refer to. Um, obviously, just going straight to the word is an important thing, uh, but this really walks you through the process of asking those questions and making you reflect on what matters. Um, so I very much encourage anyone uh, to go out and get this book. It's something that will bless you immensely. And even if you gift it to someone else who, who is willing to read or does enjoy doing that, I think it's something that they'll be very blessed by. Um, so that's all for me. I hope that you have a good day further and cheers. I'm so bold, I'm courageous They ask me where I get my strength How I'm so brave is cause I'm so bold, I'm courageous I get my strength from my God I swear my faith is all up in these pages I read my Bible Yes, it's on the daily I read my Bible Anytime I feel weak I read my Bible Every time
myself and I put my faith in God Ain't even worried about breaking even though I'm just trying to beat the odds I'm just trying to be the guy to make it out this side Trying to thrive, not just get by Trust in God, that's what I live by Look at the road, it's God's time, it's God's time It's God's time Long as they breath in my lungs and blood in my veins You can know it's God's time It's God's time it's God's time You know that's why I'm so bold I'm courageous They ask me where I get my strength How I'm so brave it's cause I'm so bold I'm courageous I get my strength from my God It's where my faith is All up in these pages I read my Bible Just a song daily I read my Bible Ready? This one right here is prophetic. Focus on God and get better. Put your head in the work, keep your head up. When you fall on your knees, but you get up, you know God got you, don't give up. No God got you, don't give up. You real go get up. Go get up for God. Go get up for God. You're so beautiful, God. So beautiful, God. Died to myself, he gave me new life. Gave me the sun when I'm in the midnight, and the moonlight, and the do right. I've been trying to get the mood right. Fool for thought we in a full fight. I've been walking in a new life. I've been trying to get the mood right. Fool for thought we in a full fight. I've been walking in a new life. I'm so bold. I'm courageous. They ask me where I get my strength. How I'm so brave. It's cause I'm so bold. I'm courageous. I get my strength from my God. It's where my faith is. All up in these I read my Bible, just a song daily. I read my Bible, anytime I feel weak. I read my Bible, every time I need strength. I read my Bible. Stay updated, stay entertained with Active FM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else. Engage with us, like posts, comment, share them out, retweet, retweet, and repost. Spread the word. Active FM. Radio has never been better.